beloved, we welcome you to an atmosphere for divine path towards heaven. Comment by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Lord God has spoken, saying, Buttons are falling from the hands of men. Raise me men and women who will pick up those buttons, thus building an intimate relationship with me and the people. And also saying, He said, If my word abide, abide, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate the word of God. When you receive the word of God, you meditate. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the ways of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. This is the word of the Lord from Pastor Itzmi Robot E.U. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Father, thank you this morning. Let your word be sent and let it light upon us today. Let darkness give way. Let understanding come. Let your name be glorified. In the name of Jesus. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the very trial which is to try you as though something strange or a strange thing has happened unto you. Let me paraphrase it. He said, Beloved, God is talking to you. He said, Think it not strange. Don't see what is happening to you as strange. What did they happen to my body? What did they happen for this house? Am I dreaming? What is happening to my family? What is happening to this group? What is happening in this church? What is happening to my business? What is happening to my health? God says that is, or those are some of the questions that you are asking him. And he asks me to give you an answer. That don't count it strange concerning the things that is happening to you. Verse 13 says, But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may also be a partaker of that glory. It's a process. He said, don't count it strange. For everything that happens to you, God is aware. Some days you wake up, they may call it age. You discover that, not be so my body be before. What did they happen to my body? God says, don't count it strange. The child you used to talk to before, come here. 
Sit down. You wake up one morning, you say, don't go out to, he say, you are talking nonsense. And you begin to ask, what is happening to my family as the devil taking over? What is happening to me? He said, don't count it strange. For it's just to tell you that you have a glorious destiny. It's to tell you that there is something about you that Satan is fighting. For quite some time now, I've been praying and I've been asking God questions. Questions concerning you. Questions concerning me. Questions concerning the church of Jesus. Both locally and globally. Questions concerning Nigeria as a nation. And I know you are asking God such questions. What is happening? I don't understand again. Sometimes even your calling, if you are not careful, you doubt it. Sometimes you even doubt whether God answers prayer again. He said, don't count it strange. And God gave me an answer as I was taking my bath. And you know what God says as we tell you? He said, your situation is not your destination. In other words, your present situation is not your final destination. Don't conclude your life by your condition. What you are going through now, the situation that you find yourself now, is not your destination. God says, I should tell you, whether health-wise, whether financially, whether spiritually, whether maritally, he said, whatever is your present situation is not my final destination for you. God is taking you somewhere and you will get there. I say, God is taking you somewhere and you will get there. Say, God is taking me somewhere and I will get there. Don't conclude your life. Don't conclude your business. Don't conclude your family with your present con condition. The best is yet to come. God is just starting. It's not, he has not finished with you. Your situation is not your destination. And I want you to put it in front of your heart and in front of your daughter this morning. God said to me, Tina, your present situation is not your final destination. God said I should tell you as a nation, Nigeria, that the situation we are going through now is not our destination. God says I should say to you as a church, your situation is not your destination. Jeremiah in chapter 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts 
that I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. To bring that your expectation concerning your life, I will bring it to pass. To give you that expected end concerning your ministry, concerning your church. I know the New American Standard Version says, I know the plan that I have towards you. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you. They are plans to enlarge you. They are plans to increase you. They are plans to bless you and not to frustrate you and not to harm you. I have plans for you and that plan is to give you a future and a hope. So your present has nothing to do with your future. Your present situation has nothing to do with your final destination. Life is a journey. First Corinthians and chapter 2 and verse 9 says, For eyes has not seen. Your eyes, your own eyes, the eyes of your pastor, the eyes of your parents that have concluded on you, the eyes of your teacher that has said you are no good. The eyes of your congregation that didn't believe in you again as a pastor. The eyes of your pastor that didn't believe in you that you will ever arrive. Their eyes have not seen. I have not even spoken to them. Their ears have not heard. You may be hearing what the devil is saying to you now. But your ears have not even heard. Or have you imagined the things that I have for you in your future? God said, you don't know who you are. You don't know the plan that I have for you. You thought you are going to die through that sickness. Doctor's conclusion about you because of your condition is not my destination for you. Doctor's report and conclusion about you because of your present condition has nothing to do with where I'm taking you to. Your present financial challenge has nothing to do with where I'm taking you to. Your present marital challenge, maybe you are listening to me right now and your load is already out because your husband said he's not going to do it again. It has nothing to do with where I am taking you to. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of good and not evil. He said, your eyes have not even seen the plan. No matter how prophetic and how visionful you are, your ears have not even heard it. What that prophet told you concerning your life that you think 
is big. He said, the prophet ain't seen anything. I just showed him a glimpse of where I'm taking you to. It has not even come into the imagination of any man on earth. What I have in stock for you. And don't let your present situation determine my destination for you. That's what God said to me. And I got up in the place of prayer and I was strengthened. He said, my son, your situation is not your destination. God has a plan for you. That's one thing I want you to know. God has a plan for you. Presently, even with that kidney problem, God has a plan. It's when you conclude your life that God concludes with you. David said, I will not die. It means that the doctors have pronounced death on him. What David was going through physically has concluded his life that he will die. You know what it means for a king of a nation to be pursuing you? Your own don't finish. Where you want to go? If the common local government chairman says he's going to kill you and your family, you know say you don't die. Have you not seen some people because of some little challenge, some things happen to them, maybe they came back from the office and their house got burnt. The first word, I don't die. I don't die. I don't die. I don't die. David kept saying, despite the report of the doctor, despite what my health is telling me, despite the condition of the church, it will not die. It will live to do what? To declare the glory of the Lord. To declare what? To declare what God says it will become. Because if God says you are going to be a great man and you end up not becoming a great man, it makes God a liar. And God says, I have a plan for you. The plan of God has no respect for your location. The plan of God has no respect for your allocation. Listen to me. When they were dividing the land of Israel, and when Lot and Abraham was dividing the land, Lot looked up, saw by his physical eyes the best part, and he chose the green part of it. He was determining his destiny by his allocation. And what was remaining for Abraham was just grass. Nothing to write home about. A little sob was what was allocated to him. With all the wealth that your father had, when they shared all the property, they drove Jephthah out and said, Jephthah, this is your allocation. You are a no good. You are a bastard. And God says, I have a plan for you. And my plan has nothing to do with what is allocated for you or where you are located. Your allocation may be small. David was born by an adulterous mother. 
He said, in sin did my mother conceive me. So, the father drove him out into the wilderness to be taking care of sheep. He has no inheritance with all the other children that were born legally. His allocation was smaller. They allocated just few sheep for him to be taken care of. But God has a plan for David. And God's plan for David has nothing to do with the allocation that Jesse has given to him. David will be too stupid to be thinking that, ah, my own don't finish. So with all the things my papa gets, the wilderness. And God says, I have a plan for you, my son. My plan for you has nothing to do with your certificate. Whether you drop out of school is not an issue. My plan for you has nothing to do with us who strike. Listen, some of you are thinking that God can't do what he wants to do for you when you are in 300 level. I've been in 300 level now for two years. And you are waiting until you get out to final year. And you now graduate before you get married. Is God judging your destiny by us who strike? Are you calculating your life by what is happening to you now? God says your situation is not your destination. Don't conclude your life with your health challenge. It has nothing to do with it. God saw that health challenge. He knew it's going to come. And yet, he planned for you. God's plan for you has nothing to do with your connection. God's plan for you is not threatened by any demonic activities. Say, hey, I have a plan for my son. He is, oh, oh, but this one will be say, all oh, this demon them come the fight and now. Now he'll be say, ah, this plan fit not come to pass. God is not threatened by any demonic activities in your life. It has nothing to do with God's plan for you. When the devil and all his courts killed Jesus and buried Jesus, they thought that the plan of God for Jesus will not come to pass. But God is not even threatened by death. He said, what can separate you from the plan and the love of God? Is it sickness? Is it health issue? Is it finance? Is it doubt by men? Men may, don't, may not believe in you. He said, is it even death? He said, in all this thing, you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. It has nothing to do with what I want to do in your life. When I sent you without pause, did you lack anything? I, God asked me to go to the eastern part of Lagos without any money in the bank. But wasn't the problem, he didn't give me transport. So the day we were even coming to Pedro, we had to beg for transport. That is enough to tell you that God's plan can come to pass. You know what God is trying to tell you? That putting all these challenges together, I want all the challenges in the world to come and face you. And I want to prove to all the challenges that those challenges can't stop what I want to do in your life. Your situation is not your destination. Say that to yourself. 
Tegbenga, call your name. Your present situation is not God's final destination for you. You believe that. I say you believe that. Regardless of the current situation that you are going through right now, what God wants to do in your life, God will do it. You sing it like a melody, but you don't believe it. Your mother may not know what to do. But God knows what to do. Have you not gotten to a point in your life where you don't know what to do? The Bible says the king said to the children of Israel, let's go somewhere. He said, we don't have power, might against such an army. Their number is greater than us. We have tried all our strategy and we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Alonu mi monti oshe, Jesus mi monti oshe, Baba mi monti oshe, Kaire o fidara. Alonu wa monti oshe, O monti oshe, Baba wa monti oshe, Kijore o fidara. He said, my son, don't kill yourself for my church. You didn't die for it. I know what to do. He said, I will build my church. I will build it. Let the whole gates of hell. And somebody said to me, say, Pastor, this one way, we say, all these people now, they don't they build shop everywhere. They want to do this one. They want, I said, now you get church. Baba mi monti oshe, o monti oshe, olonu mi monti oshe, ki jore ofida. You can't cry more than the belief. He himself knows what to do. Somebody is under the sound of my voice concerning that business you don't know what to do clap for yourself that's when life becomes exciting when you get to a point when you don't know what to do your extremity is God's opportunity doctor say take this medicine in the morning take this medicine in the afternoon you'll be alright all the prescription you have taken it you have gone for tests. They say nothing is wrong with you. You know that something is wrong with you. The laboratory man doesn't know what to do. The doctor is just tossing you. He doesn't know what to do. You have become practical in the hands of doctor. But there's somebody that knows what to do. He said, listen, the situation that you are going through right now is not your destination. I have a plan for you. 
Listen to me. You are not a mistake. You didn't come to this world by mistake. Your father and mother may not plan for you. As far as they are concerned, they were not looking for a third child. You, you took your head, you come out. As far as your mother is concerned, that boy, he defined. Because he don't already born three girls. He defined boy. You come out again, another girl, with your head. Like Kokori. And your parents told you, you are a mistake. A mistaken conception. Nobody they get belay by mistake. There are some children you can't abort. You can't abort them. You drink Ogogoro, now that time their head big inside belay. <laughs> Listen to me. You are unkillable. You are unkillable. Satan has seen your destiny. That's why he's threatening you with all this. Old. And you can't go sit down quiet. You give up. Hey, I am unkillable. You are like a sponge inside soap. If, the, if they press you, you will come out from any corner. David said, I, Satan, I will not die. I will live to declare the glory of the living God. I will live. Your parents may think that you are a mistake. Whatever is happening to you is not a mistake. Listen to me. There's a sister that wanted to get married some time ago and all of a sudden she got pregnant. A powerful sister. Wow! It pained the family. It pained the father because the church cried. The pastor felt it. Everybody was crying. The mother came to me and said, I want to tell you people something. This is what happened to your daughter. Your daughter that you love very much. Her pastor is angry. I said, who is she? She called the lady's name. And my wife said to her, don't worry. And I was saying, God, why will such, and everybody will say, eh, eh. now as you, hypocrites, hypocrites. And you will not believe some others have been sleeping with their fiancé ten times. They even did abortion. And they are singing powerfully in the choir. This is the only first time this sister tried it. Bele enter. Bah. And she became the talk of the town. Everybody in the church, SU, and then carry God for head, and then do this one. Everybody abandoned her. It was a mistake. That was what they thought. And God said to me, it wasn't a mistake. I ordained it. Something is about to happen. And I said to the mother, listen to me. Before the enemy woke up, this lady, it's a shame in the eyes of men, but it's not a shame. And I said to her, listen to me, don't cry again. There's something that you didn't know that God knows. If you have gotten married, after the wedding, you will not be able to give birth. Because that is exactly the, 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 the ancestral yoke in your family. Your sister is married now how many years? No child. 
and you are the only child of God that came out, and this one you call a mistake. Listen to me. Some certain things you call a mistake in your life, they are not mistakes. Your present situation is not God's final destination for you. Listen to me. Solomon was a mistake that David made. But God turned that mistake into a miracle. God can change your mistakes into a miracle. God can turn that evil into something good. Listen to me. Nothing, 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 even your mistake can stop God's plan for your life. He said your present situation is not what? It's not your final destination. When you came out, everybody was surprised. Mama Uju, you don't burn, no. The husband didn't go. They were waiting. Now boy, I've been a girl. Now another boy, I've been a girl. The woman can't tell. Doctors can't tell. Until you brought your head out. And they discover, say, this is the sixth girl again. Ah! The man said, I don't make mistake. It was a surprise to you as a mother. It was a surprise to the doctor. It was a surprise to your father. But it was never a surprise to God. Anything that surprises men does not surprise God. Though. It's not a surprise. It's you that thought it's a surprise. It is not a surprise. God knew you were going to come. They didn't plan for you, but God did what? He planned for you. He said, I know the plan that I have towards you. There are plans of good. I never planned this business to be like this. I never planned this church to be like this. I never expect that after 10 years in marriage, I will see the struggle to eat. I never planned my life like this. That is why your life is like that. Because you were the one planning it. And you have discovered now that your plan has failed. Why not wait the way God planned it? God planned it. That when you are 2 years old, then go carry you up and down. Sickness, 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 sickness. In fact, Archbishop Benson in the house has said, he got so sick, they carried him and threw him inside the dustbin. As far as the mother and father is concerned, he's a useless child. They had no plan for him. But God had a plan for him. That you are blind is part of God's plan. That that accident happened is part of that plan. They said to Jesus, listen, this man that is blind, is he him that sin? Is it a generational cause? Why is this man like this? The parents didn't plan for him to be blind. The doctors did everything before he was delivered. How come he became blind? He said God planned it to glorify his name. Your situation is not your destination. Long before you were born, he said in Jeremiah, in chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before you were born, I know you. Before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I have ordained a plan for you. Be 
before you before before your father slept with your mother. Sperm didn't give birth to you. You are not a product of spam. You are a product of plan. God planned your life. Your elder brother, Jesus Christ, was not born with spam. And the Bible says he's the firstborn. You are the secondborn. Your mother just saw her tummy getting up. And all her mind was that it was, it was what your father did there that produced it. It's a lie. He said, I knew you. Before you were conceived in your mother's womb, God already conceived you in his mind. You are not a product of luck. You are not a product of chance. Your business is not a product. Your marriage is not a product of chance. If you tell yourself, I've made a mistake in my marriage, you are a liar. The Bible says God changed the times and the seasons. He knows what is in the darkness. Adam, God already knew Adam was going to sin. So a plan has been made ahead for Adam. Ahead. God has a plan for you. He's taking you somewhere. And you will get there. I say God is taking you somewhere. I say you will get there. I say God is taking you somewhere and you will get there. Say God is taking me somewhere and I will get there. I'd like us to understand something. Life is a journey. Life is a journey. When you call life a journey, it means life is a process. Life is progressive. And every journey on earth has a destination. Where a man begins his journey is not his destination. He's going somewhere. Every journey in life has a destination. And the destination of a man is not determined by certificates. Your destination in life is not determined by how much education you have. Your education in life is not determined by your family connection. Your education in life has nothing to do with where you are living. Your destination in life is determined by the quality of decision that you make. And we are told that decision determines what? Destination. You are where you are now because of the decision that you made yesterday. And you will be where you will be tomorrow because of the decision you will make right now. Your decision is what determines your destination. 
It is said that men and women are not limited by the place of their beds. Say, because they bought me for Nigeria, that is why I am not who I am. You are not limited by the place of your birth. You are not limited by the country that you were born into. You are not limited by the environment that you stay. Men and women are limited in life by the quality of the decision that they make. God has ordained progress for the prodigal son. He made a mistake. He squandered the whole money. He found himself being in want. His life messed up. Satan said, this is the end of your life. You see your life? God can't do anything for you again. You have messed up. Your certificate is burnt. Your husband has thrown you out. Look at you now. They said you have cancer. And for six months now, you'll be up from the edge. He sat down. And he said to himself, this is not God's plan for me. And he made a decision. Not just a decision, a quality decision. Not to go back to school first. Because he had one before, he didn't do anything with his life. He made a decision not to go and beg the husband. No. He made a quality decision. And what was the first decision? He said, I will go back to what? To my father. And we first go and meet God and say, I am sorry. That is the first and the most qualified decision you can ever make in life. If you miss that decision, every other decision you make will only lead you for a while. He was employed. His ogre sacked him and said, the food that this swine is eating is what you'll be eating now. A normal person, if he's sedan, all the house girls, all the house boys, all the laborers in the field would have gone to meet him. Go meet Oga, make you beg Oga. Go meet him. You don't offend Oga. That was their advice. And he would have made a very good decision physically. He would have gone to meet his boss and say, Oga, I'm sorry. I beg. Take me back to my position now. Employ me back. Only I am sorry. He left all those ones. He sat down. He said, I will arise. All this mistake, all this sickness, all this marital crisis, everything that is happening in my life, everything that is happening to my child, everything that is happening in my family is because I left God. I will go back to the foundation. That's where the problem started from. If the foundation is broken, what can the righteous do? I will go back. That's where you need to begin from. If you want your destination to end well, go back. The cause of that ill health, go back to God. The cause of that bad business, go back, go back. Don't go back and look at where you failed. Don't go back and beg that man to give you more contract. Don't go back to beg the bank. Say, I need more loan. If they give you, it will sink again. Go back to the source. That's where the mistake came from. Let's go back. 
I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going back with Jesus when he comes. He said, I will arise and I will go back to my father. And he did what? He arose. He made a decision. Where you go in life is a decision. What you say in life is a decision. What you do in life is a decision. Everything that ever happens to you that you do it's a decision that you made. God says, see, Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, I have set before you life and death. Make a decision. Choose. Make a decision. Choose. It is your choice that determines your portion out of the options. Choose. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. So it's a, it's a choice. Daniel was captured. He was living righteously. He was captured for the sin he knew nothing about. With all the terror, they serve God like this. We think God make all these things they happen to me. They took him and made him a slave. And the devil knew how to scatter their destiny. He began to pump them with goodies. He gave them food. Changed their remnant. Changed their name. Changed their name from a Christian to a Muslim because of food. And Daniel proposed in his heart. He proposed in his heart. I will not defile myself. It was a decision. He was not the only one that was captured. But he was the one that made the decision. You are a free moral being. God has nothing to do with your choice. Adam chose where his destination will end. God says, see where I'm taking you to. See where you want to go. Make a decision. Where you are, what you are doing presently, no demon made you did it. You made a decision to do it. Your refusal to come to church has nothing to do with ancestral cause. It was a decision you made. Your decision to go to that boy's house to have sex is a decision you made. What you say, where you go, what you do, is a decision. What you say or did not say is rooted in your decision. 
Listen to me. Before that woman got healed, she said in her heart, she made the decision, I am going to church today and I will touch the hem of his garments. Despite the crowd, I will touch the hem. She made a decision. He said, I will arise. And I will go. Your present situation has nothing to do with where God is taking you. But your destination is determined by the decision you made. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, see, we have made a decision. Come what may. See, I will die serving God. Even if there is no food, I have made up my mind. I have no other job than this one that I'm doing. No matter the pressure from my parents, we have made a decision. This is where I'm going. Listen to me. God is not a friend of an indecisive man or woman. God is never a friend of an indecisive person. You know what he said to Reuben? He said, Reuben, you are unstable as water. Therefore, you will not excel. You don't have the heart to make a decision and stay by that decision. When you were making a decision to serve God, when you walked to the altar and said, I am born again, stand by it. God does not have time for indecisive people. If I tell you that me and you are going to pray for seven days, I'm going to stand by that decision. I have made that decision with you. And that is what qualifies you for God's blessings. You know why he accepted the prodigal son back? The guy decides. He made up his mind. Say, I will arise and I will go. And God saw him despite all the challenges around him. He saw him, he was coming. The Bible says the father got up and ran to meet him. Say, You are a man. Never marry an indecisive man. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is to marry an unstable person. My wife knows. Even when things were not working, we didn't change our mind. We have made up our mind. We have told our parents, we have told our brothers that it is God that we are going to work for. They abused us. They said all manners of things. It didn't change our decision. One day, my son went to my younger sister's place and he was talking. And the same younger sister that was abusing me and my wife said to him, I knew when your father and your mother started. Ah! How they will trek how they will do this, how they will do that. Why are you not like them? Have a mind of your own. If I tell you that I will not fornicate by the strength of the Lord, I stand by my decision. It's a will. What you want to do is what you do. Nobody forced you to do it. No devil. 
The Bible says Jesus said to that man, he said, you know the commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. The man said all these commandments without the help of the Holy Spirit. All these commandments I have obeyed. And he said Jesus loved him. He chose. It was a will. No Holy Spirit. He wasn't prayer. He wasn't born again. And yet, he didn't commit adultery. Yet, he didn't lie. How much more you that have the Holy Spirit. Decide today where you will go. I said to someone, there are people I will never go to their house to ask them why you're not in church again. You know why? They are indecisive people. Today we call you why you're not in choir practice. Tomorrow we call you why you're not in prayer meeting. You say I go come. You come tomorrow, all of us pray together. We sweat. You cry. <laughs> Lord, Lord, I am back. I am back. I am back. I am back. Two months time now, we find you. Say, where are you there? Say, not come church. What in the door? It is best. When I find and go again, it will destroy your life. God is never a friend of indecisive people. He that put his hand on the plow and look back, they are not fit. You know why God said that? When you need them the most, that's when they will disappoint you. And God does not put his trust on unstable people. Because it's when God needs them the most that they will disappoint God. Have you made up your mind today to get to your destination? You are not the first to be tempted. Daniel, in the midst of adultery and corruption, he proposed in his heart. He will not define himself. It was a decision. The prodigal son said, I will arise. I will go. Why are you not going for evangelism? He said, I don't see anybody. When we say, make we come, they're not they come. You didn't want to go. Why didn't you pray? He said, we say, make all of us fast for seven days. Now, some of them not fast. Let me cuckoo say they eat. You want to eat before. You have not made up your mind. And God doesn't move with indecisive people. I told you the story those days of my wife when she joined the prayer group and she called the meeting. First day two, second day there will be ten, third day. One day I saw her and I said, what happened? Many of you, when they said they're not come, I said, keep going. When God sent me to the eastern part of Lagos, he said, go, I have prepared men. He didn't call Benga's name. He didn't call Elise's name. He didn't call Vincent's name. He just told me we'll prepare men. So if Vincent goes, he still doesn't stop me from doing what God wants me to do. Because he, wasn't, he didn't mention Vincent's name when he was sending you. When he asked you to join the choir, he didn't say, I will bring Catherine to join you. So if Catherine goes, she wasn't the reason why you are in choir. You chose to join the choir. So stay there. The absence of anybody has nothing to do with your being there. You know why the church are not succeeding today to conquer the world? We are indecisive. Unstable people are in the house of God. People that don't have mind. People that can't make decisions. And stand by their decision. People that say from January till December. One dot of my tithes. Will not be hidden. 
And in February, they had somebody teaching about tithing. So they come ask pastor, is he right to pay tithe or he doesn't right to pay tithe? You didn't want to pay. You chose to. Even when you are doing what is wrong, you have made up your mind to do it. You are the one that wants to do it. Nobody forced you. Anything you see me do, nobody influences me to do it. I chose to do it. Anywhere you see me go, nobody forced me to go. I chose to go. And anything you see me say, nobody says nonsense impromptu. It's a premeditated thought. My pastor friend said to me those days, he said the process of fornication is too long that you have to bring the devil into it. You sat down in your house. You thought how you were going to go to the guest house. You were the one that booked the hotel. You were making all the decisions. The devil was not there. You know what it takes to pull trouser? You pull it. Something didn't tell you. Wear it back. You lose the belt. Something didn't tell you. The process is too long for you to fall. Before you left your house and you were going there, you can still change your mind and come back. So no devil has nothing to do with it. You chose to go there. It was a willful choice. And I like you this remaining four months of the year. Choose. Whether you want to gamble your destination with your indecision or you want to make a decision and say to yourself, until I reach my goal, I will never end my journey halfway. I said to God, no matter what happens, in health, in dishealth, in poverty, in riches, in convenience, in inconvenience, in being alone, in being in the midst of crowd, I choose to suffer. I choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, my God. I'll choose you again.